Welcome to the Out What Now podcast. I'm your host, Megs Pulvermacher, and each week I'll be bringing you stories, interviews, and insightful conversations with queer folks, much like yourself, about how they've navigated the ups and downs of their coming out journeys so you can do the same while learning to love yourself more fully and live more boldly and authentically. Wherever you are in your coming out journey, know that you're right where you're supposed to be, you're loved, and we're so excited to be on the journey with you. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Out What Now podcast. Super grateful to be hanging with you today to share time and space with you and to have the opportunity to bring you this really awesome conversation. I've had this one in the vault for a little bit now, and it is just really inspiring. And that is probably because it's with what I like to call Canada's number one power couple. It's Andrea Parker and Mel Mills. I am actually a coaching client of Andrea Parker, so you may have heard from her before. If you've been listening to Out What Now for a while, she was on episode nine in season one, so you can go back and listen to that one. That's a great one, all about um, realizing that you are worthy of love and how your sexuality can become your superpower and all kinds of great things. So you get to hear from her individually there. But what we decided to do for this conversation was to bring her wife, Mel, onto the show so we can have a conversation about not just being a couple, not just falling in love, not just about, you know, the ups and downs of like being a queer couple, but what it really looks like to co-create a life that is really awesome, that's really loving, that's really badass, that really aligns with the values you have with your worthiness of love in mind. And so we cover a range of topics. I mean, we go from like when they were on their first date to what it was like when they started dating to challenges they ran into with communication and values and different family things that came up with, you know, being out in relationships and what did that look like when they told their parents they were going to get married and what that has now led to all of this um, this life of personal development and doing inner work and creating a life they actually want to live and be in and all of the work that goes into creating something really awesome because that's something that we're all worthy of and it's important for us to think big. And of course, we have a queer lens on all of this, right? Um, and I, I think some of the things that happen within the queer experience when it comes to relationships is, one, if we don't believe we are worthy of love or we're not in a space where we truly love ourselves or are at least on the journey of becoming more conscious and aware, because self-love is a never-ending journey. It's not like you have to you know, 100% love yourself in order to get into a healthy relationship. That's that's not really the deal. But it's, it's an understanding and a self-awareness of where you are right now, what you actually want, and being able to recognize if 
the the person you're dating or you're interested in or even have been in a relationship for a while if they actually align with those things. Because a lot of times we can put our wants and needs on the back burner to kind of keep things even keel and not rock the boat and not piss anyone off and make sure that we get to keep the love, even if it's not exactly the way we want to be loved or it's not super aligned, if we can actually keep it. Because for many folks in the queer experience, love has, for whatever reason, family, friends, self, society, whatever, love hasn't always been accessible to all of us over time. And so when you get it, even if it's not really good, it's really easy to just ignore the red flags or ignore the, you know, baseball bats from the universe, as Andrea likes to say, or just the really toxic people who can come into our lives, depending on where we're at, what energy we're putting out, and the the types of people we're attracting, depending on where we are in our lives. So I thought this was a really cool opportunity to see how that evolution has looked for both Andrea and Mel and how they've really moved from a space of figuring out for themselves individually, what do I want, meeting each other, and kind of being able to see right away that they were in alignment in a lot of ways. We talk about, you know, how do you know if you're settling or if it's something that is tolerable that you can kind of work around. We have several references to Mel's height because when Andrea made her initial list of an ideal partner, she was shooting for 5'7", Mel's only 5'3". So you know what? You can't have it all, but ended up being a pretty good choice. So we we talk about a lot of those things. We talk about communication, about doing inner work, about kind of being your own people, supporting each other through the process, but then also integrating and building a really badass, awesome life. Because I think that's what we should all be shooting for. We should not be selling ourselves short or settling because, you know, it it's taken a lot of energy just to get to where we are. There is never a point where you have to just give up on the idea that you might find someone that's going to be who's going to be awesome to co-create with or to be in a truly healthy communicative partnership with it is possible for you you are worthy of it and Mel and Andrea do such a good job of sharing their story and then also offering a lot of advice whether you are still in a stage where you're figuring out what you want, if you're dating, if you're already in a relationship and it's going really well, if you've been in a relationship for a while and you're like, eh, I don't know like how to fix this or we're kind of getting in a rut or we're not communicating, we we cover the entire gamut. So there's going to be a little bit of something for everybody in here. Think you're really going to enjoy it. And without further ado, I will kick you over to the interview. All right, everybody, we're here with Canada's number one power couple. Andrea and Mel, welcome to the show. How's it going over there? We're good. Yeah. Best day ever. (laughs) Are you so excited to be like, ow, what now? (laughs) 
Yes, we're always excited to talk to you. Ah, same. It feels good. It feels right. Um, Andrea, you are a veteran, a returning veteran of the Outward Now podcast. Do you want to give us a little refresher on who you are, what you do, and what you got going on? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Andrea Parker, she, her. I am a former police detective turned human potential coach. And basically what I do is I work with fun, inspiring, driven individuals to create and live a life that they're so in love with. I love that because it directly impacts me. So I do appreciate it. Awesome. <laughs> and Mel, welcome to the show. Tell us who yeah. you are. Uh, I'm Melanie Mills. She, her. Um, I'm a former NCAA hockey player. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, and I'm also the co-founder of our coaching business. Awesome. And you, uh, like I said, Canada's number one power couple. Where do you, uh, where do you live specifically? I forget. We live just, so we're in Canada, but we're just north of Toronto. So we're in the Muskogee. So we're on Lake, just north of Toronto. Okay, let's get into a bit of a lightning round here. Um, pretty easy questions. Who wants to be uh, in seat number one? So we're not uh, talking over each other here. Who wants to go first? Okay, we'll go. Andrea Mel, Andrea Mel, Andrea Mel. Love that. Way to be a leader. All right. Are you more introverted or extroverted? Oh, I'm an introverted extrovert. I like, I, I would say at the heart, I am an introvert, but I love like get me in front of like teaching a big stage. That's my wheelhouse. Get me in front of like small talk or like a group of people, not my thing. So it's like, it totally depends for the most part. I'm an introvert. Love that. You got to have both sides. So that answer does not surprise me at all. Okay. Mel. I'm the complete opposite <laughs> of her. Uh, I'm totally, I'm a Leo, so I'm an extrovert, but get me in front of like big crowds. I'll just lock it all right down. I will not. Yeah. But like in a crowd of like 30 or 40, I'm cool with, like, I'll just totally be outspoken, yada, yada. But she can do talks in front of 300 people. I cannot do that. All right. Andrea, are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning. I love morning. I love it. No? I would say when we met, I was more of like, let's stay up later. But mm. now that we spend so much time together, I think she's kind of trained me into, I like the mornings now. I did not like the mornings before. I like it now. So mm. like, morning. like the morning just as a whole, or is there something specific about the morning? Uh, we have a specific routine in the morning where like, it's very slow paced, you know, Andy loves doing personal development. So she does her meditations and all that. And I can like have my coffee and just like take the dogs out and sit by the water. So yeah. Love that. Mm -hmm. mm. Excellent. All right. We sort of talked about this. This is along the, the lines of introversion, extroversion, but would you on let's pick a day on a Saturday, would you rather go out or stay in? Stay in. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. <laughs> no further explanation needed. Okay. Um, pizza, tacos, or something better? Mm, tacos. I love Mexican. Mm. 
pizza, hundred percent. Yes. All right. Good. That's a good balance. You got to have both sides. Um, what is your favorite way to spend your free time? And I think that's part of why we, we really wanted to live on the lake. Like water to me is my, my grounding place, my happy place. So anything in nature where there's water is like, whether it's kayaking, paddleboarding, hiking, whatever that is. So, so I would say something in nature, usually with you walking the dog, something like that. No, I'm totally the same. I think I love cooking. So I love spending free time cooking or learning a new recipe. Um, mm. But anything on the water, like we'll go for a paddle, have a couple of drinks out there, you know, have a good conversation, anything like that. Yeah. Do you have like a specialty when you cook? Mm. Well, you're pretty good. So I have, I'm, I'm gluten-free, dairy-free and I'm, I'm fairly, I think I like the challenge of cooking yeah. for her, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I have a specialty. I keep you on your toes. Yeah. Um, you're, you're really good. She's really good at making like healthy food delicious. Oh, I do have a specialty. I make soups from scratch. Wow. Yeah. Like any soup. Dang. Yeah. You know, they say on Top Chef. If you can make a soup taste good, then you're a real chef. That's legit. That, and I think if you can make an omelet. Yeah, I can make an omelet. I can crush an omelet. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. As long as there's no cheese on it, I would be interested, which I guess you can do gluten-free, dairy-free. Yeah. Noted. All right. To get to wherever you're going, probably somewhere fun, vacation-y, would you rather fly or drive? Fly. Fly. Yes. Agree. We can hang out. It's yeah. official. <laughs> Do you prefer gifts that are items or experiences? Experiences. And, and I think even we are huge into experiences, but even with like our nieces and nephews and stuff like that, like if it's not an experience, I don't know. We only give them experiences. Yeah. yeah. And then you get to experience it too. Exactly. <laughs> that. Plus, then we look like heroes to them. <laughs> It's like, what would we love to do? Yeah. Let's just do that. Yeah. That is a, that is a thoughtful gift giver right there. Cause yeah, you got to make yourself as important. Um, what do you think is the best date you've ever been on? Do you want to go first? Probably our first date. It doesn't have to be with each other, but. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> I'd say our first date was the best. Yeah, I would too. Want to tell us about it? What a great segue. Well, we had never met before, so it was the first time we were meeting and just being a Leo and being super cocky back then, I was like, I don't do first dates, you're going to have to plan it. And so, yeah, I know, I don't know why she married me. Uh, And uh, so we met at a random parking lot and then we were going down a dirt road and I was like, oh my God, this is where I die. This is it. I don't know this person. And it was super sketchy. And I looked at her. I was like, are you going to kill me? She was like, it looks really bad. I get it. She goes, just wait. Well, then, and it did look sketchy at one point. I'm like, where are we? Because for some reason, I I just had this feeling before we met that like, I I wanted this to be special. Like I, I wanted to go above and beyond. So so I was trying to think of like, what's a, what's a really cool, if, if the pressure's on me to do a good first date, like what, 
would I love to do? So I, I wanted to get out of my comfort zone to think of like an experience. So it went back to what's an experience we could share together. And I was personal training at the time. And one of my clients, she was just a super cool, she, she was awesome. So she, she co-owned a gun range and, and I'm not the type of person that like, yay, guns or anything like that. But I was like, that's really cool. And she's like, we, it was, uh, it was a holiday and they were closed. And she's like, if you ever want, you can come and we'll, we'll take you through, we can go skeet shooting. We can do all these things. You can have basically the whole thing to yourself. And I was like, that would be an awesome first date. So I'm like, it's kind of rolling the dice a little bit because I don't know what she would think of it. And then we're driving there and you're literally going down these dirt roads in the middle of nowhere. It's like, I don't know where I am. And I'm like, once she sees where we are, then she might think I'm going to kill her. So It worked out great though. Like it was, it was so fun. Yeah. It was very memorable. And it was after that first date, I, I pretty much knew I was going to marry her. Yeah. Sometimes it only takes one. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, so cute. I want to, I've never gotten to do any skeet shooting ever. You would love it. Um, But I think I would. haven't done anything like that since, but it was, it was really really cool. That's where you go like pull. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool shooting clay yeah um all that great stuff love it um andrea what is your i'm sure there are many things but what's one of your favorite things about mel there's so i think the one thing that i love is that she has no problem saying and i shouldn't say no problem but she'll say what she wants like and and if it upsets somebody else or if it upsets like she she's willing to own and piss people off. And I love that because it's like, you're not doing it from a place to try to piss people off, but you're making yourself as important. And I think the part of that, that I love is, is it takes so much courage to do that. And to me, it's, it's really seeing you grow over the years and and how you communicate and stuff like that too. But I love how you can just, whatever it is that you want or need, you, you can speak your truth. And I think like, I don't know, to me, that's super inspiring. Oh yeah, it is. Yay, Mel. I'm a Leo. Ah, <laughs> uh, I love a Leo. Um, my mom is a Leo. This is making a lot of sense to me. Yes. Um, Mel, what's one of your favorite things about Andrea? <laughs> I think it would be how she's always carried herself in such a a different way than anyone else I was ever with. Like she's very reserved, very much the opposite of me. <laughs> And I think that's what attracted me to her. I think it's how you carry yourself. You think before you speak. And at times I don't. And we balance each other, I think. <laughs> at times I don't. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. I can see yeah. that. Okay. So before you met, you go on this great gun range date amazing experience, super memorable. But before that, where were each of you kind of individually in your lives with what you were doing and what were you looking for going into a day like that? Yeah. So I would say for me personally, like before we met and it was, it was fairly shortly before we met, I was, I, it's, it's like, I had made a decision. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I, I admitted to myself, I admitted, this is, is exactly what I want. And I was super clear and very specific. And, and I, I know I've shared this with you before, but like, I even wrote like this, this, 
I call it, it was like a list, basically the things that I wanted in a relationship, how I wanted to feel. And I made the decision that one, I was going to be open to, to having the, the relationship that I, I really desired, but also I was committed to not settling. And this was much different because for the past year, like I, I before I had come out of a six year relationship where we were just like, it was so confusing. We weren't out. I, I, I hadn't admitted who I was. And I took a year just for myself. And it was that year where I learned so much about myself. And I would say right before Mel and I met, like probably a month before I, I came out to my family. I technically told my mom knowing she would tell everyone. So I came out to my family. I, I was just ready. So I, I, right before I met Mel, I was ready. I knew exactly what I wanted. I had my list of things that were like non-negotiables in a relationship, certain values, and then, and then things that I would, would love to have. Um, and then really, I would say, I just decided it was like, I'm ready to do the thing. And that's why I, I think I went online, even though it wasn't cool to do it at the time. So I'm like, I'm ready to do this and I'm, and I'm not going to settle. I'm, I'm willing to wait for, for that person. And, and it was funny because she was actually the first person and the only person that I talked to, which is probably why we don't remember what the name of the app was because <laughs> we're on it for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Uh, what year was this? 2010. 2010 or nine? No, I graduated like 2010. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the plenty of fish days. Okay, Cupid was just starting to become cool. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Excellent. Catholicmatch.com, my personal favorite. <laughs> Christian Mingle. <laughs> um, <laughs> what about you, Mel? Where were you um, um, at well- as a human? I had just finished college and moved back home and I had been cheated on twice in college. So I was, I think I was at a place where I was like very hurt and very like guarded. Um, And I took, same as Andy, I took a year and I was like, you know what, I'm going to see people, but I'm not seriously getting in a relationship because I had such a guard up. I said, I'm not going to get in a relationship until someone comes along and shows me that they are very special and that I should kind of give them my attention. And then I literally went on this site, um, proving a point to my brother and Andy was the only person I talked to. And the first person I talked to, and I was on there for about two days and then we started texting and that was it. And you had a list as well. Yeah. And I had said like, this is what I want. In, and she's pretty much everything. So. so you go on the date, you knew right away after that date that you were gonna, you wanted to marry Andrea. Did you feel the same way, Andrea? It's interesting. Cause even for some reason before we met, I had a feeling that it was going to be something special. So when we did meet, it just, it did. It felt like we already our souls already knew each other essentially. And it wasn't, it was, it was different. It wasn't that like, Oh my God, this is going to be amazing kind of thing. It was more so like a neutral. Yeah, it was neutral. It was, it was kind of more steady. It wasn't as like extreme or anything like that, but it was more of a knowing. It was more of a knowing like this is something special or this is something different opposed to, Oh my God, this is going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think either of us ever, really experienced that no I knew something was up because I had never been nervous talking to a girl ever mm. and I 
felt like I could not speak. Like one time we were at dinner, I think this was like a third date or something. We're out to dinner and I was like, you know, when you're talking and in your head, you're like, shut up, like stop talking. You're making this worse. But I just like could not stop talking. And I was like, I don't even know why I'm telling her this. This makes no sense. And I was just like, well, this is over. <laughs> <laughs> Check, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have been funny uh, okay. to watch. No. But um, so then how did the relationship progress? Did, were, were we like pulling out the U-Hauls or how did how did things go in the, the first uh, kind of round there? know that we would say we pulled out the u-haul but we definitely like i think we just... i think i got a hitch to get the u-haul <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah we didn't yeah. have it yet i think yeah i think we were like this is something different and we took our time but then one day we were just out driving around and then we we're like let's buy a house <laughs> well that was like a year later so i think I think it's a little bit of both. Like we loved spending time together. So we spent a lot of time together, yeah. but at the same time, I, I don't know about you, but I, I consciously wanted to take things slow. So it was like, I, I challenged myself to slow things down and just because I didn't want them to go too fast. So it was, it was a little bit of both. And then probably like we lived maybe like 45 minutes apart. So yeah, part of it was that the distance and, and you had your own job, I had my own job. Um, and then just over time, it just organically started yeah. to like, once, once I probably a year later, I, I got hired for policing, then it just things started to make sense. Yeah. Even then it probably was two years before we actually no way it was like less than a year, year and a half, less than a year. No, yeah, it took me a year to get hired for policing. Okay, then a year, just directly on the <laughs> on the anniversary we'll of on this day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you both knew it was something special. You're together for at least a year before <laughs> we're like moving in or anything. Did you have conversations? Because obviously, I know you in present day and have observed to a certain degree as much as you can on Zoom, like the the kind of communication you have and the way you operate as a couple, were you having conversations like that from the get-go or did you grow into that? I think a little of both. We definitely weren't where we are today on that, but I think like we just knew, I think I just knew that we'd be together. So, but we knew that there was different steps that had to be taken. Like, you were getting hired for policing, which meant she was going to be living away from me for three months at least. And I think we were just preparing ourselves for that, but we were like, okay, well, let's get our ducks in a row. And like, if we are going to do this, let's maybe think about buying a house together. And I think we just kind of did that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think when we first met, I think both of us wanted to like we had, we all, we had our individual dreams and our, we had shared dreams. And I think we just love talking about that in general. Yeah. But then I found me going to police college was such a, it, it, it was so challenging for me and, and Mel's huge support in that. And I think that actually brought us closer together. Mm -hmm. Like, like it brought up a ton of stuff and, and we kind of had to act as a team. Yeah. So 
And it's, it's, it's fascinating because as you know, like if, if when you first meet someone, you should become infatuated and you want to do everything together and you kind of lose yourself a little bit. And then the universe is like, well, that's not going to happen. So either it, it somehow separates you. And, and that's kind of what happened is we, we kind yeah. of organically got separated. Like I had to stay there and live there for, for a number of months. Um, but what it did is it actually allowed us to, to grow closer together. Yeah. And I think a lot of our communication came from some of the adversities we faced, especially early on, because we, we kind of had to, like, I, mm-hmm. I definitely needed to grow into, I, I came from where like, I almost needed her to wiggle her way in so that I opened up and, and would be open to sharing. And I think that was a really good opportunity for us to just act as a team and, and create something together. Yeah. Perfect. So you, you mentioned values a little bit earlier. Um, and I think, isn't your number one, like self mastery, Andrea, or something like that? Yeah. Um, what, uh, with the, the values thing, do you find, obviously you align in a lot of different ways, but are there any like significant differences between you two and where your values lie? I think how they show up is different. So like for me, I'm, I, I always, for some reason, I, I, I just had this innate drive to be the best I could be. And that's, that's shifted along the years as to how that shows up and, and the things that I do for that. But I think that was always my, my driver. And for Mel, hers is relationships. Hers was, yeah. has always been relationships yeah. and, and how that shows up is, is a lot different than, than how I do um, the things that I do. So I think they complement each other. Yeah. And, and I would say relationship is maybe like my second or my third, whereas, my first. yeah. So, so I would say they're similar, but you're always going to choose in favor of your highest value, whether you, you realize it or not. And we're just more conscious aware of it because we've been talking about it for like 12 years together and we've done a ton of work on it. Um, but I think at first when you're unconscious of what your values are, you don't know what your values are. I think that's when it's, it can be confusing and that's where you, you have more differences because you don't even know what it is that you want or how to communicate that to your partner or to yourself really. Yeah. Like I think right from the beginning, me and you talked about our values and our dreams and they were just so similar that it made our relationship almost easier because we are both kind of going in the same direction. Yeah. On our own paths, but going the same direction. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And you said you've done a, a ton of work. You do, what are kind of the things you do as a couple to continue growing and uh, kind of keeping on with that personal development and moving along as a team? Well, I think in the beginning, um, because Andy had never had like a real out relationship, I had, but I had been hurt in those relationships. I think we sat down and we talked about like okay like what makes me feel unsafe is when we're in this situation or when you say this it makes me feel unsafe so we we both talked about our fears and because of that it made us trust each other more because we didn't put each other in situations or conversations where you would feel those feelings and because of that I think our relationship just went like twice as smooth, twice as fast. Yeah, definitely in the beginning, I I would totally agree. But we also did things that where we had to almost like 
there's so many times I can think of when we're sitting beside each other and we're in a situation where it just took so much courage for us to be like, okay, we're in this together. Mm -hmm. We're, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. We're going to do the thing, whatever that thing was. Like I can think of like, even us telling your parents that we were, we're getting married, like that type of stuff. It's like, you know, it's not going to go the way you want it to, but you're still going to show up for yourself and you're still going to show up as a team. So that was kind of like the early days of, of, we would have conversations. We would try to navigate it ourselves. Knowing what I know now, it's like, well, we've been working with a coach for five years, five, yeah, at least five years now and consistently. So for five years, at least once a month, we would drive, it would be a six hour round trip from the time I left the door to the time I got back for one hour appointment. We did that for five years, whether I was working in, in policing, I'd have to take vacation, whether she was doing business, like we can, consistently showed up for ourselves and each other and it wasn't always well definitely wasn't convenient but we we did it and and because of that I feel like we have the type of relationship like we could literally say or list like we are on the same page most of the time and when we're challenging each other we, we're we're aware of that and, and and it's good but it's like we've gone through challenges and adversity and yeah and that's what's helped us be where we are. If, if people think that just being in a relationship is going to be easy, it's like, it's like climbing that mountain we were talking about. It's like you're in for a shitstorm when, when stuff challenges you. Like being in a relationship isn't always easy and, and to be able to navigate that. So for, for us anyways, having a coach to help us guide us playing our dream. So not much just like being like, okay, how can you work through your problems? It's never really been about that. It's like, how can you play your dream? And when you're playing your dream, all the other stuff comes up. So we, we do that with a coach and I can say consistently for the past five years, we do things that most people aren't willing to do. Like yeah. weekends, we, I can't even think of how many weekends in the past five years where we just did personal development stuff. We did some inner work. We talked about our dream. We played with our dream. We did things where we were like, I have no idea how this is actually going to work out, but we're going to sit down. Yeah. We're going to do this. We're going to have really hard conversations with ourselves or people we love. And we just kept consistently showing up. So it's, it's kind of evolved and it's evolving for how we're, we're playing it now, but it's just consistently showing up, I guess, mm -hmm. is the best way to summarize it. Yeah. And the outcome of that has been, and I'm sure you're, I mean, you're always on the ascent, right? There's always a, a next level, but life is pretty damn good right now. I mean, you're kind of at one of, it seems like to me, based on what I know, um, like a benchmark that you've had for yeah. a while, right? Yeah, totally. Which is like, what's your life like right now? It you just moved. A lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a lot of fun. We've had this dream for almost, 12 years and this is the year that we actually did it moving up to the lake um also had challenges with it like anything else but um I have closed my previous business and now I've fully partnered into Andy's um so we're living on the lake and we're building a business together and that's always been our dream so even before we like individually we had that dream the dream was we wanted to live on a lake to be able to have the freedom to do something that we actually love to do, make good money doing it, but also do it together. Yeah. Like we, we truly wanted to co-create something together. Yeah. Cause what I found in our relationship in the past and, and most relationships, it's, it's almost like you're leapfrogging each other. And this happened to us for like a decade. It was like one person was doing something 
and they were kind of sort of happy but then it was like policing so Mel was trying to get me out of policing and then we got her business and that was doing well but then we were trying to leapfrog that and then we moved up here and Mel was still doing her business it's like we're kind of sick of just one person kind of doing something they wanted the other person have to like then leapfrog them to to get where they wanted to go so I can say now is we're finally on that path where we're able to do it together. And it took a lot of work to get here, Encourage a ton of courage, but, but now it's like the dream was to, to be able to do what we love with the person we love in a place that we love with super fun and inspiring people. Mm-hmm. And essentially that's what we're doing, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty badass. Yeah. So if someone, obviously, like you said, this is like a 12 years in the making thing, right? So it's probably easy for folks to be like, oh, Andrea and Mel have like living on the lake, doing the business thing, must be nice. And so for folks who are maybe in a space where they're, maybe they're making their list of like ideal partner, or maybe they've just gotten into a relationship or something like that. What would be some points of advice you would give to them for next steps, things to keep in mind, uh, stuff like that? I would say if someone's making their list because they haven't found the person yet, one thing I'd say, don't settle, right? the person you find might not hit every point. Like they might be five, three and you <laughs> wanted them to be five, seven, five, five. Yeah. Um, so like, let something like that slide, but don't <laughs> let something slide like someone that's a kind hearted person or someone that has a track record of being a good mm-hmm. friend. Like those are main things that if, if that's something you're looking for, like don't let those big things slide. Um, How do you know the difference? What do you mean? Like Like between something that is settling and something that is uh, like, uh, what's the the opposite of settling? Like tolerable and not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Like it comes down to your own personal values. Like I think um, we, like my personal values that were rooted in me at the time Andy had very similar ones. Like there's yeah. there's non-negotiable. So like, let's say I want kids and she doesn't want kids. It's like, that's probably no. a big thing that's going to impact your relationship. Yeah. Or if I want to be in a monogamous relationship and she doesn't, that's going to be a big deal breaker. But also like, it is your responsibility to, to give your heart to someone who will cherish it. So if they're not going to, if they don't have a track record of being a good friend. So, and, and it's pretty easy to see that if you go out to a restaurant, how do they treat other people? How do they treat their family and friends? How do they talk about people? It's just like, part of it is just, just being self-aware and not settling. And it's interesting because we, we've done that throughout. So we even do that with our house. Like we wrote a list for our house. What are the non-negotiables? And it's easy if, if you're coming from a place of need, like I need this relationship or I have to, or I'm not going to find somebody that I love. So I'm just going to see how this works out. I think it even goes back further than that is like, I think for us, we were able to write our list from a place of love because we took time to figure out what we wanted. So if you don't know what you want, that's, that's okay. 
as you're going through the process, you're probably going to learn, okay, I like, I, I really want this or I don't want this. Um, so, so part of that is start with your list and then you can always change it. You can always, yeah. you can always reevaluate it, but you have to be able to trust yourself yeah. that you'll leave if it's not the right person or that you can say no or whatever it might yeah. be. Um, yeah, desperation is, a is, uh, it's not a good, it's not a good plan. It's not, no. <laughs> it's not a recipe for not success. Not <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? How I feel like the answer to everything, it just lies within you, right? Like there's so much power to self awareness and wow, mind blown when you do the work to know what you want, what's important to you and what's going to make you happy. It's a whole hell of a lot easier to find it than when you're just like moving, like flailing around, trying to find it in someone else and hoping that it just pops up and And you just magically are happy. I think that's one of the things we both did before we even met. I think we were both like, what is it that I want? Like, what do I want in a partner? And if you don't take the time to do that, you're just going to go for low-hanging fruit, honestly. I think the other thing that we did before we met is we both became happier with ourselves being alone. And so if you can be happy by yourself, you can welcome in someone else that's just as happy being by themselves too. And then you can create a partnership. The cool thing with that though is like, the reason we do what we do now is because we have tools, we have resources. It is so much easier when you have a tool and, and someone who's it's like climbing the mountain, you don't want to climb Mount Everest without a guide. So a lot of what we, we do now, we weren't like, yay, let's be coaches. We were like, okay, we've seen how us doing our work has transformed our life. And now we want to help other people do that. So like, you don't have to do this stuff alone. Like, yeah there's people out there who can help you guide there and get you there a lot faster. Like we wouldn't, we accelerated our dream of being on the lake in a very beautiful place in a very inspiring area, working together with a successful business, probably, I don't know, at least a decade faster than, than the plan was because we had someone in our corner to help guide us. So, so especially with the relationship piece, what I would say if I, I, I wouldn't necessarily do it the way we did it, fully like I'm grateful that we did but you don't know what you don't know until you know it and then it's like okay well there's quicker ways to do things there's more loving ways to do things especially when it comes to relationships because relationships are fascinating relationships are like mastery level stuff career yes business finance all those things but relationships are really mastery level and and to have some help and support so if if somebody is looking for figuring out what that is or like look for somebody who's who's had a track record of success and and can guide you through that and you can get some help or you could like it's it's way more fun when you know the rules of the game i think couldn't agree more and i love having fun um and i think you know everybody has to navigate relationships no matter who you are but I think particularly within the queer community, there tends to be a lot of layers of relationships that then relate back to particularly your romantic relationship, be that family or friends or people out in the community or whatever, um, that you kind of have to make them figure out how to get them to all intertwine. Did, I would 
imagine you two navigated that to a certain degree or what did that look like kind of from a the queer lens of navigating some of those relationship challenges? So for me, I think the biggest challenge was coming out to my parents, but also telling my parents, like coming out to them was a challenge. And they, and then eventually like they were on board and it was okay. And then I started dating Andy and they were like, okay, like always welcomed her and always respected her. But it wasn't until we got engaged that it went back to, I think, them and their fears. Going into that conversation, the heart conversation we had together with them, I knew that I was still marrying Andy, no matter if they were on board or not. Because there comes a certain point in your life where you just gotta take control of your own life, like, and stop trying to make other people happy. So I think that was my major challenge. And you know what? People come around, they understand it after a while. You just got to give them time, but you need to keep being honest and true to yourself. And that's what I did. And that was my challenge. And like today, like my parents are like, when can we come up? Like, <laughs> you know, so. And it's interesting because we, we kind of come from different yeah. spectrums. Like you, you came from a family where they're definitely more conservative. They grew up practicing more, religious religious type and old school farmers whereas where's my family and and you so because of that I think you were more like this is me this is who I am and take I'm, a it leo. It. I'm a leo <laughs> whereas mine was, was very different in the sense that my family has always been very open very like I don't care about who you are like they just didn't care but I cared and I was I think the opposite of you in the sense that I was really hard on myself and I wasn't cool with who I was. And for like, even though we like, we got married and like in policing, I was a founding member of the board of directors for the first like LGBTQ two plus, like, I guess it was was an internal support network. Like I was Mm -hmm. doing the things I, I did a documentary for them but it was still, I had to do my inner work and I didn't even really know that I wasn't cool with me being gay until I started to, uh, when I saw my coach, she's like, you should coach gay people or the queer community. And I was like, I'm not gonna do that. And then I was like, why won't I do that? And it was because I wasn't cool with myself. It was like eight years old. I, I just remember sitting there and I'm like, nope, not good to be you, you can't be you. So so it's 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 really important that no matter what happens on the inside or the outside, it's just a reflection of who you are. And it's just helping you to reveal yourself more to yourself. Mm-hmm. And one of the best things that I noticed through this journey and that I see other people on their journey is the more you love and accept yourself for who you are, the less the outer world will reflect what you don't want to see. Like if, if you're experiencing things where it's constantly you're, you're hitting people coming to you and saying things it's like oftentimes it's it's because we're doing that for ourselves so for me I experienced that a lot until mm-hmm. I really did my inner work and loved myself and it's it's obviously still a journey in progress every time you go to do something new and big it, it might come up but once I fully like owned myself for being who I am and gay and and that was not until I was like in my early 30s even though I'd been out for like 10 years um that's when things really started to change in and just how I feel about myself, but also like I've never had anybody since then come up to me and be like, you, you can't be who you are, or I can't believe you're any, any of that stuff. So it's, 
the best thing I could say is love yourself, own who you are, and then the outer world will reflect that. Yeah. And it's, it's not just going to happen. Like you have to consciously put effort into doing that. Um, and we just, it's so worth it. I mean, we just had this conversation a couple weeks ago, I think like I rolled up into a family reunion at the begin, uh, like a month ago and I've never brought a girlfriend to a family reunion ever terrified. I was so nervous, um, but I was also so happy and ha- we had a conversation the night before we went to the reunion about like, listen, we're not going to change who we are. We're going to just be the way that we are. We're going to be happy. We're going to just be people. And it went swimmingly. It was like, because I didn't care. Or I didn't like put out this energy and this vibration of giving a fuck. They didn't either. They were just like, great, there's the food. Did you bring a dish to pass? Like, (laughs) no, I never bring a dish to pass, but I'm excited to see the bucket of fried chicken. (laughs) And and for you, Megan, like I think that's massive for a couple different reasons, but but even like the courage it took for your for you and and your partner to say, like you know what, we're going to choose ourselves, but they're yeah. so like, you're, you've also done a lot of work in the past year that you've just taken baby consistent action steps where it's taken courage and it's taken you to just love yourself for who you are. And I think that's really where the magic happens. And, and part of that is you challenge yourself. So now you're being supportive. If you would have stayed in your comfort zone, you would have just kept having the same things going over and over and over again. So I think just acknowledging you, like you wouldn't have the things that you have now, but you put in the work to do that. And I think you're helping so many amazing, inspiring people now because you've done your work. You're (laughs) doing your work. Yeah. And that shit is, I mean, it'll never be over, but, um, it does, it's, it is crazy what, uh, just like a year for me at this point, like, of consciously putting effort in a specific way, really just working on me from the inside out. And it's, it's huge. It, uh, it changes every single thing in your life. So highly recommend, uh, <laughs> listeners out there. Um, you talked a little bit about this, um, the, for folks who are kind of in the initial stages of a relationship that early on time when infatuation can happen. Um, Can you explain a little bit more about what that might look like, how to identify it and what to do about it? Yeah. So infatuation. So every, there's three types of relationships. You have the infatuation, which is more of like the, the need relationship. It's like, I need this person. And, and oftentimes we go into this, this is just a normal part of being in a relationship because it helps us bypass fear. So when you're in infatuation, usually what happens is you're like, you look at the positive or the, the parts that you want to see about the person or the relationship that you love. It's like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it's usually you feel like it's more extreme or higher or elevated. And what happens is because you're kind of excited, you're, you're in this, this feeling is you end up a not seeing the other parts of the person or the relationship, or you start not 
doing the things that you would do for yourself. You lose yourself a little bit in the relationship. So if, if they want to stay up later and you are typically someone that likes to go to bed early, maybe you stay up later. And if they eat a certain way, maybe you start adopting how they eat. And, and over time, what, what will happen is, is organically, you'll be like, okay, at, enough's enough. At some point, I got to be myself and do my, my own thing. Or the universe is going to say, nope, you can't be the same person. You can't infatuations also I want them to want what I want when I want it and if they don't want it then they don't love me or I I don't love them it's like well no that's not it that's just an unconscious way of looking at a relationship and most of that stems from when you're younger what's your relationship with your your primary caregiver when you're younger and it's it's often those same patterns and those things so that always leads to it's like a separation a disconnect and for us, the universe disconnected us a couple of times until we learned it. It was like police college. When we got married, the day after we got married, Mel moved to uh, another, city. another city, like an hour and a half away to, for another job. And like, we lived apart for a year. So the universe made us separate until we could co-create together. And, and if you're in a new relationship, just know it's going to be part of, of learning your rhythm of your relationship, but there's things you can do to be more conscious. So you can consciously do things for yourself, make yourself as important, ask yourself, like, like, what are the things that I love to do for myself? Could be sleeping, could be still doing my business stuff. It might be still seeing friends, whatever that might be. And not making your partner the center of your world. If you're expecting that person to make you happy or to be everything to you, that's not consciously loving. That's a need type relationship. So you can start to do and, and just see some of the patterns as they pop up. Um, but you'll probably see like, this is exciting. I like this. This is amazing. So if, if you're feeling that, ask yourself, okay, what am I missing though? Am I not spending time on myself? Am I, am I, is there a price to pay in, in my business or other areas of life and try to consciously balance that. And I would, if, if it was me and I had to do it all over again, I would have that conversation with my, the person that I'm with. And if they're not willing to, to listen and, and want to, to kind of work on it together, probably not a good person to be with. Yeah. Um, but, but do it together, figure out your own pattern be like, okay, how can we do this? So it's sustainable. Yeah. Cause otherwise it's not going to be sustainable. Once you get into a relationship and you've been in it for a while, things can kind of get, what do they call that? In a rut routine. Yeah. Um, you get into the flow of whatever season you happen to be in. So if people are in a space where eh, something's not really going the way they want or things are feeling kind of stagnant, one person wants to grow, one person kind of wants to keep it where it's at, what would be your recommendation for someone who's in a space like that? I would say you need to have a conversation, first of all, and just be open and honest and be like, you know, this is how I'm feeling. I would love it if we could do this together. And I, I think just having an open, honest conversation, like it happens a lot of the times in relationships where the sex will die out, right? So you need to work at it. Like a relationship yeah. is work. It's not all butterflies and rainbows, like how they make it seem in the movies. It's not like that. Like you need to consciously work at it. And if you're in a lull, say in the bedroom, you need to be like, look, like, let's try to get back on track. Let's implement a date night once a week. You know, like there's, there's certain things you can do to get the 
flow going, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> and I think part of it too is personally accepting responsibility for the relationship. Like some people are like, it's 50, 50, it's not 50, 50. It's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You are a hundred percent responsible for the energy you bring to a relationship. And sometimes when it's stagnant, it's, it's the individual who's wanting the other person to give them what they're not giving themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you're not willing to give yourself what you want in the relationship, start there. So what is the thing you want your partner to give you? Give that to yourself. I just had a coaching call with one of my clients and I'm so, I just love what she was saying is because for the past year, she's been doing her inner work. Her, she's, she's in a loving relationship, but her partner wasn't doing the things that she's doing. And the other day he all of a sudden started opening up and wanting to do some of the stuff she was doing, but it was because she challenged herself to grow. So if you, especially if you're in that relationship where it's kind of stagnant or you want to grow and your partner doesn't, it's not your responsibility to bring your partner along with you. It's your responsibility to do the things that your heart wants you to do. And if they're meant to be your partner, they will grow with you. Maybe not in the exact same way. Like he's growing with her. And it's really cool to see how just her focusing on herself, not making him do anything is they're doing it now together. And if you're growing and your partner's not growing or they're choosing not to come with you or unconsciously not coming with you, that's okay too. Because now at least you're living the life that you want and, and you don't have to love it until, or leave it until you, you know, for sure, but you're just holding yourself back from actually mm-hmm. living a life that you would love and, and what you're worthy of by, by not doing it. Mm-hmm. And that would be some shit. Wouldn't it? Yeah, that's not fun. No. Who's trying to live a life you're not so in love with. Ah. <laughs> um, so clearly you two are in a space of co-creation and you've been working on that forever, forever. Um, what would you say if someone's like, you know, I feel like I got pretty good relationship going. How can you tell if you're actually co-creating? Are there like key things that tell you if you are, or if you are not, or things you need to change? What does that look like? Such a great question. And I think it really, it depends on the couple. So for us, like, what are the things that we, that we know when we're co-creating together, when we have time individually, so we're still working on our individual stuff, but we also have time, like, and this is something that we do in, in one of our workshops. So we have a love mastery workshop and, and part of it is figuring out what is your ideal relationship when your relationship is the most happy and successful or, or the thing that you love about it most, what are the things you're doing? So part of it is we know the things that bring us most fulfillment out of a relationship. So when we're co-creating part of it is we're doing those things, um, which could be totally different from something when, when you're co-creating with, with your partner or somebody else is co-creating. So I think part of it is knowing what that means to you. Um, but really if you were to think of a circle, so you're an individual circle, if you're over top of the other circle, you lose yourself disconnected. Obviously that's not sustainable, but think of it as a chain, like an interlinked chain, two circles that are linked together. So they have a common, could be a common, uh, thing that you're working towards, just be common love for each other. But then you also have yourself you, you aren't just losing yourself to, to that other person. Um, and I think it evolves as you're growing. There are different seasons for sure. 
you have to ask yourself, what season am I in for the relationship? What season am I in individually or personally? So it's a really, I think, personal thing, but also the common thread would be, are you on the same team? Are you doing it as a team? Are you just doing it totally by yourself? Are they doing it totally by themselves? Or are you completely just have to do it together all the time? Or are you doing it more as a team? Like you're, you're doing it together. And I think for us, that's always been something that we've wanted to do is do it together. I think too, one of the things I've noticed when we co-create together, there's not so many highs and lows. Like there might be a couple little ones in there, but for the most part, we're coming from like a pretty neutral place. I know when we are off track, there's huge highs (laughs) and lows. And then we, we know that just being like, wow, like this is a huge pull right now. Let's talk about it. Let's come back to center and let's figure it out. And then, yeah, usually I know when we're co-creating together, we're pretty even keel, like pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Yeah. We've kind of hit on this in a couple different ways, but patience is another big component of this, right? Like you're not going to have a conversation and everything is solved or go to one workshop and everything is solved. No, you have to, you have to hold that vision. It's kind of like that. I'll I'll go back to that mountain analogy. It's like the peak, the pinnacle, the summit, that's going to be your vision. You might not even know what your vision is if it's, if it's big and inspiring and there's clouds above it, but the more you can take those baby action steps. And I think that's part of it. Like it's funny because Mel and I, I would say, we're, we're getting better. We're not patience people. We're like, let's live the dream life now. Let's, let's go move to Costa Rica. Let's live the big dream. So, so we've consciously had to slow ourselves down in being okay, taking those, those small baby steps, but it's the, the patience it's holding the vision. What is it that you would love? And then it's the consistently showing up that I think is it's, it's challenging to do it that way. But it's also, if, if you're just swinging, if you're going up and down and you're trying to move it too fast, it's not going to work. And it takes courage. Like I, I can't stress how much it takes courage to do some of the things. And it's okay if you're scared. I'm going to bet that if it's, if it's something important to you, you're probably going to be scared having that conversation. You're, you're going to be scared. Like I can think of so many times when me and you have sat there and been like, this is so uncomfortable, but it's like, it's so worth it yes. because just like climbing that mountain. If you're, you're at that top of the mountain, think of all the adversity you'd have to go through to get there. That view is going to be epic. If you're just going through a walk in the park, yeah, maybe not as much adversity, but the view's not going to be half as amazing. Word, mm-hmm. word. And coming from love is kind of a key ingredient as well, right? Like that's what makes the, I think the comfortable, the uncomfortable conversations bearable is be like showing love by being willing to be in the conversation and coming into the conversation in an effort to love each other better. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that you said that because circling back to one of the questions you asked us about communication is when we learned more communication skills, like when we learned that love is wanting the best for someone else while respecting your own needs, it's like, 
oh, okay, that makes sense. It's like love isn't just, I'm going to pull them out just for you, Meg. Yay. Love isn't just supporting somebody. And if you're looking for your partner to just support you or family or whatever it is, you're going to be challenged. So love is actually both. You need to do both, which means for your partner, you need to challenge them as well. And they need to challenge you. You also need to support each other. But knowing some of the ways to communicate, like, like love, like wanting the best for somebody else while also making yourself as important or, or the you, me, us, like actually being able to help communicate in a loving way mm-hmm. is so key. But also when you can speak from your heart, like you can truly speak from your heart that seeps in differently if you're speaking from fear or if you're speaking from your ego or if you're just freaking out it's like they hear it differently yeah so yeah it is it's it truly is it's about doing it from a loving place which love is both support and challenge it's not just one or the other Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so we've talked about a lot of different things today and awesome things that people can start doing to be more self-aware with themselves, to be more aware as a couple, to do those things. And you just so happen to have some opportunities for folks to engage in that work where you would be able to guide them, which I'd highly recommend because that's what I do. Um, But what are the opportunities available to work with the Andrea Parker? Yeah. So we have, we have a couple, what I would really recommend starting with is it's just a free so in love with your life session so this is where if you are a fun driven and inspiring person and you just truly want to create a life that you love amazing place to start so this is one of my favorite things to do if you don't do it or if you don't love it don't do it so this is something that I truly love doing and basically what it is it's an opportunity to learn more about what is that vision so what's that that vision for the mountain even in the next 12 months getting really clear on what that is admitting to yourself what it is that you'd love then we can play around with, okay, what's happening right now, how to bridge that gap. If I can help you, I'll help you. But really the important thing is helping you see what might be some of the, the challenges or the growth opportunities that, that'll help you play that game better, to have more fun, to do it in a more inspiring way. And ideally get you where you want to go faster, but in a more loving way. So that's one opportunity. So if, if you're interested in, in kind of seeing really revealing yourself more to yourself and and kind of getting an idea of what it would be like to work with me. That's a great opportunity. It's free. You can just go to my website, andreaparkercoaching.com. And then there's a free link to do that. Um, But we also have a so in love with your life workshop series coming up in the fall. This is something we do in the spring and fall. My awesome clients are there. So it's, it's not only opportunity to, to actually dig into some of the work that, and these workshops are the things that we personally, we've taken like, and, and, you know, my, my highest value is personal growth. So I've invested over hundreds of thousands of of dollars in it. So we take the best of the best of the things that we've learned and we personally use, like we personally put ourselves through these workshops. If we don't do it, we, we really, we don't recommend it. So, um, so it's a great opportunity to actually get some of our own personal tools and skills, but also I'm, I'm lucky. Like we have awesome clients. So you actually get to network with them. So we have a a career business one, a love mastery, and then a deep dive. So that's also on the website. If you want to check that out, Um, great opportunity to just kind of dig into some of the stuff that, that we've been talking about today. Mm -hmm. Most F. And I've been to, I've been to two career ones, one love one, 
And I didn't get to do, I don't think I got to do the deep dive in the spring. So I think I've, I'm going to, I think be at both this fall. Yeah. Uh, if the calendar allows. So come hang out with me and learn all the things because success leaves clues people. And <laughs> um, when you're talking to uh, Canada's number one power couple, I mean, it's already been done. You don't have to make all the mistakes. You can just like learn the things you'll make mistakes still, but um, awesome. Okay. The billboard. I know Andrea, you've already put up a billboard um, in your first interview. Was that in season two? I think you were season two. I think it was. Yeah. 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 Um, but if I were to purchase you a billboard and you can pick, you can purchase this billboard as a couple, or you can each create your own. You want your own. What message would you put on the billboard? You, you go first. I think I would put, um, challenge yourself and you'll be supported. Mm, lovely. Andrea? We were, we, were we went for a, a walk with the dogs this morning. We were talking about this. And I really, I, at the end of the day, it really comes down to believing that you're worthy. So it's like, believe you're worthy. So we just say, believe you're worthy. And what I'd want people to know is like, you are worthy of whatever it is you want. You just have to decide. Decide that you're worthy. At some point, you probably undecided, but now you can, can decide. So just believe, like believe that you're worthy. You can live that life that you love. Challenge yourself and you'll be supported. I think that's the way to do it. Oh, or I would put on my billboard. Marry someone with a nice ass. You'll always have something nice to look at. Also great. Also yeah, great life that. advice. <laughs> <laughs> that ass though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's so good. I'm, I'm keeping that. Um, this is going to be a great edit. It's only going to take me like four hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mostly because of me, but, um, well, thank you both so much for coming on the show and sharing your awesomeness with us. You're obviously some of the most inspirational humans on the planet, particularly in my life. And I super appreciate you. Thank you so much. That is all for this week's episode. Catch us back here next week. Until then, make sure you're keeping it queer out there. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Out What Now podcast today. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so, so much to me if you could take the time to leave a five-star rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And if you know someone who could use the message you heard in today's episode, please, please, please share it with them so that we can get this message out to as many people as possible. Thanks so much for being you and keep it queer out there. Oh,